1: Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Bread aisle, are you ready to rock? Dave's Killer Bread is the country's number one organic bread for a reason. Always delivering killer taste, killer texture, and killer nutrition. This isn't bread, this is bread amplified. Want a great way to recognize your employees? Welcome again to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell and Alec Coben. This is our initial reaction show to Fulham's nil-nil draw against Brighton and Hove Albion. I don't think this was the result we were looking for. Alec, I'm going to go to you first. Welcome back to Cottage Talk. You were on, I want to say, a couple seasons ago. It's so nice to have you back. So just give me your opening thoughts on what we watched today.
0: Thanks a lot, Russ. Great to be back on. Um, so I think in the first half, I think the formation sort of cancelled each other out. Totally um, agree. I think there was really not not much play. It was, it was just like watching a game in a broom closet, quite honestly. Um, really not, not much going for either side. I think when we came out in the second half, I think that's when the fatigue from the, from the weekend performance against Liverpool started to set in. And, and Brighton were, were really all over us I mean they yes. really I think they deserve to score two or maybe three goals. Um, we got lucky with the VAR decision got lucky with the woodwork yep um, and I just think we were overrun especially on the especially on the right wing. Um, uh, at the end of the day I think we were very lucky to come away with with a point there mm-hmm. but a, a point is a point. And I think, you know, if I'm to take any positive from this game, I think it's to say that, the you know, the back three, especially Anderson, were particularly strong. If you consider at the start of the season, you know, it was like watching clowns running across a minefield sometimes. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, we just look very cool at the back, very solid. And I have a lot of faith, even if we are sometimes a little bit weak out defending out wide, I have a lot of confidence in the the back three defending the middle of a box. So... Although it wasn't the best performance, I you know, I would like to take a couple of positives from that. And as sure. you know, as we mentioned before, I think a point is a point. Every point is very valuable, especially when you're in the relegation battle. And I think we were very lucky not to come away with a loss.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent points. And, Emilia, I want to get your reaction to what Alec just shared because uh, I think he's uh, spot on on many of the things that he, mm-hmm. that he just talked about here. And what's interesting about it, and I'll share this with you, is that um, – Brighton and Hove Albion, especially in the second half, right off the bat, Hmm. were very aggressive and had another spring in their step. And uh, Hmm. I don't know if it was from the match against Liverpool, but Fulham were definitely just not at the races at all. They were flat. They were flat the entire Hmm. match, and that's something that the announcers kept saying. So I want to give Brighton and Hove Albion a lot of credit, but let's go back to what Alex shared. Our, our back line, you know, again, our defense did their job to get us a point and, uh, you know, some fortunate situations went our way.
2: Yeah. And overall, you know, it's, you can see why both teams are in the bottom six, right? I think, you know, this was a typical <laughs> bottom of the table clash of two poor teams, you know, Jet Seeming again, you know, obviously first nil nil at home in what, nine seasons. So in that record had to be broken at one, at some point. So overall, there are some there are some positives, we'll we'll talk about those after right? Poor yep. game. We created very little. Um there was, you know, there wasn't really much to reflect on, let's be honest. It's um, I credit because I think they set themselves up well. They didn't give us any space on the flanks. Um they made some tactical substitutions, they changed their goalkeeper tactically, as I quote from awesome. Graham Potter. He, he he kept he kept them in the in the game towards you know the last twenty minutes of the of the game. Um but overall, we, we look tired, the third year, I was saying to you and many other people before the game. Don't be surprised. We don't get the result we expect. A lot of people were expecting a win today. Yeah. But I was, I was half, half half expecting a sort of a hangover from that Liverpool game where we were quite flat, lacking energy, our passing was poor, there was no movement, it was sluggish, maybe fatigue. We didn't have the fans behind, you know, behind yeah. the stands. I think that played a part as well. But net-net, if this game was at the weekend and we had a week's break, Rather than three days, I think we might have dealt. We, we probably could have been come out stronger, come out of the blocks a lot stronger. But I think we just had a hangover from the Liverpool game. Okay. line for me,
1: and that's interesting that you say that because uh, I was going to ask you what was the difference in the second half because Brighton and Hovavin were the better side in the second half. Mm.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, and I'm glad that you mentioned that they looked they looked tired. Emilio. Mm. they looked lethargic, but really tired. And I think that the effort that they put in against Liverpool really showed itself, as Alex said, in the second half. But I also want to go back to this. How much of a factor do you think was not having the full supporters there?
2: Yeah, I think quite quite important. But but generally just our general passing was very poor. It was like we were just kicking a ball, you know, long balls. Our passing was very poor. There was no movement it's between the players. There was no communication. So overall, we just just looked a yard off the pace, really, to be honest. And I think Brighton, if they had a bit more quality, they, you know, we would have been dead and buried in that game. And I think to to Alex's point as well, at the beginning, you know, three or four games into the season, we would have lost that game today. But the, I think we dug in, we worked hard, we defended well. You know, we still look very weak up front, and I, you know, keep saying that week in, week out. But defensively, we've sorted that problem out. That yeah. would have been a two-nil defeat that two months ago has now become a nil-nil draw. So we are showing improvement. But the, you know, these are the games we need to be winning. We need to be winning at these games at all costs. And I thought maybe we would nick it towards the end, the last yeah. fifteen twenty minutes. Where Brighton were tiring, but equally we we just lacked a bit of quality in, we in, where it counted. So you know, to be honest, I don't I don't think we can complain about clean sheet and nil nil draw. And, and maybe like I said, we got away with the the woodwork. The VAR was the right decision for them to cancel out that goal, but the woodwork saved us. But but equally, their keeper made two good saves from Lukman, and maybe Loftus
1: sheik maybe should have done a little bit better. There. That's right. So net net fair result. Okay, very good. All right, Alec, back to you. Let's talk about your biggest takeaway from the match. You know, you've actually talked about the defense. Would you go there? What what do you take away from this that we can look forward to say for the Newcastle match? What what do you take away from the match?
0: Well, I've already mentioned defense, but I will come to another point. I think Scott Scott Parker needs to take a little bit of responsibility in the team's performance today. Okay. I think the formation today was a little bit too conservative. And I think I agree traditional- with that. And yeah, and I think Mitrovic was brought on much too late. I think this was his kind of game. This was a championship style style of game that he really could have thrived in. I don't, you know, in the first half we were we had decent spells of possession, but we didn't have any power, you know, power brute force in the final in the final third. And I think he, I think we were just a little bit too conservative. I think we wanted to keep too much possession sometimes, and when we got tired, that that tactic just did not work, and we did not have any possession, and we were really just at. We were at the mercy of Brighton, who, mm. who, were, who were a decent side. They have some powerful, yeah. they have yes. some powerful runners. I think I think Scott Scott Parker was a little bit, little bit apprehensive, a little bit slow to make the to make the nest to make the required change. And you saw as soon as Mitrovic came on in the final ten minutes, he was starting to get up to speed. But he takes mm. some time. He takes some time to warm up to the pace of the game. Mm. But when he does, he can be he can be a real influence. And he he did set up some. He did have some nice little spells of play. Holding mm. up the ball, laying it off to the wingers, laying it off to the midfield, and then finding another, finding another portion of space to run into. Unfortunately, again, I, I just think that we started out too. Con- the, the takeaway from this match was that we started out too conservative mm. and played aggressively too late. I think in the Newcastle game, we need to come out, we need to come out more strongly from from the starting block, and really, and, and really, just play more aggressively.
1: Okay. Do you think a factor in this, and again, I'm glad they were talking about this and then I'm going to go to to Emilio because I wanted his thoughts on what you just shared and then I want his biggest takeaway. Do you think that he was just thinking, you know, again, uh, playing against the opponent, he was, like you said, he was just being conservative. It was like, it was good old Parker ball. Do you Mm. think that he was just, you know, again, like you said, do you put it down to him just thinking, you know what, I'm going to just wait it out, and then we'll see how we go in the second half. But, again, I think they ran out of gas, Alex. So so I see where you're going on the conservative nature because I think this was a match where you could have taken it to this team. Mm-hmm. Do you think he was afraid to take it to this team because maybe he just figured they would be able to break more fast on them and that and that maybe he did not have the legs? Do you think, again, he was maybe thinking too much about what Brighton could do to film. And, and I always say that that uh, I like a manager that thinks about the opponent. Do you think he thought about the opponent too much? I actually think it
0: was more to do with the success against Liverpool and okay. I think, because he didn't really change the side very much from the no. side that played so excellently against mm-hmm. Liverpool. And I think that formation, a conservative approach, makes sense against a side like Liverpool because we were expected to have probably not even 30% of the possession, which ended up being the case. And I think that was – Right approach in that game, but you also have to take into account that that same team has played a a very hard-fought, emotional match through just three days ago. So they're not Mm going to come out as as strongly. And Mm -hmm. the other thing is that Brighton are just not the same team as Liverpool. Brighton are more of a championship level side, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be more of a dogfight. And we did not come out for we did not come out with that same level of aggression. Brighton are a tough side; they are physical. Mm Yeah, Liverpool are not as physical, so I think that sort of that sort of approach suited that game but I think when you couple that with the fact that Brighton is a completely different side and that the players were tired from that from that you mm. know from that game from that excellent performance three days ago I think that I think you know that that's how you can see that the approach was never going to work mm. um, uh, but yeah. I just think that Scott Parker decided to go with that because he didn't want to change this change the secret sauce from from Sunday
1: Okay but so, sometimes uh, yeah.
0: you need to do that yeah. Alec yeah, sometimes but it would it would have, i guess it would have been you know it could have been a contro you know some fans might have seen that as a controversial move to change such a successful side from from last Sunday and we really have not seen a performance like that you know this whole season so i don't at, at one level i do not blame him but at another level i do regret that he wasn't brave braver to take that decision to change up the formation even though it worked, it worked three days ago against the reigning champions, yeah.
2: Okay, I think, yeah. I think I just think, um, the way we're trying to play football, I think we sometimes play better against the bigger teams if you think about mm. it. Yeah, so, playing against these teams give you space, so they let the game flow. They were bright in 90 minutes, they were at us throughout the whole game, and that's, that's true. What, and that was a difference, for example. Graham Potter got his tactics spot on tonight, so yeah. if we're going to give some credit, give it to Graham Podd, he made oh, yeah, five cool. six changes. He dropped his keeper, who's been who's played 98 percent of the games in the last five five six, five years. So for me, Graham Potter didn't give, you know got his players get at Fulham, you know get you know run at them all the time. So we we lost how often did we lose possession? We how many times did we string a ball, you know pass after pass against Liverpool? We were neat, we were tidy, we were quick today. We didn't Brian, see any, any of that? That's so that's we played nice. against the bigger teams who allow us to play football, give us this freedom uh, on the park. And, you know, and then on, sun, on, on Sunday, Liverpool maybe gave us a bit too much respect, you know, and, and made us play, and we, and we almost punished them that day. So That's why I think overall, tactically, Dwayne Potter got it spot on tonight. You know, we, you know we, I know people keep saying we haven't got a plan B, and it's true, we haven't really got a plan B. This is, this is the way <laughs> yeah. Spot plays, and I keep hanging on about it. He's not going to change the tactics. That's the way he plays, and this is a system he's going to continue playing. Yeah. But we, that's why I prefer to be playing teams who give us more space and freedom to express ourselves, whereas against Brighton, we had no space. That's okay, that's so what, what would you different. have done if you were Parker to set Fulham up, Amelia. Um I would have – again, I would have – I'll say before the game, maybe this was a chance for Mitrovic to just uh, – obviously clearly still not, he's still not fit, which is why he didn't start, but yep. this was a game for him. I think we should have – maybe tra- – I agree with his starting lineup. Don't get me wrong. I think Lamina coming – getting back on the bench for Reed, I, I thought was a lot of long, so I thought Lamina's oh. my biggest fan. And he had a good game on Sunday. He did. So for Reed to come back in – and Lamina going to be. I thought we looked we looked more tighter when lamina came on. That we had we had we, we sort of there was that spell 15 minutes into the second half where we were vulnerable, we were weak. Brighton we looked like they were going to score. You know, let's be honest. I think we got away with it. We we, we sucked up that pressure. lamina comes on, and we sort of did you notice the balance of play changed? Yep. Surprising. I'm not a lamina's fan. Don't get me wrong, but I noticed <laughs> a difference there. More composed. Oh, absolutely. He needed a difference. bit really more ball. And we won't get so that's I'm um, I'm surprised he was he was rested or dropped today and Reed coming back in but overall not surprised with the starting lineup but I would have changed it a lot quicker Kamara coming on I question that change why put Mitrovic if he's ready if he's ready to start or play for him put him on and he did make the difference yeah. like you said so um, overall you know you, you, managers are Arnold was going to get it right I'm not going to yeah. criticize Scott Parker to be honest I think he's done very well to get the best out of this team the last few games we are getting better but clearly. These are the two, bottom, two of the bottom six teams in the division. It show tonight, and we're clearly lacking in front of goal. To be honest, and that, that's that's what could hurt us now. If we don't invest in a month's time in the transfer window, then we may not have enough goals in the tank. That's a problem.
1: Yep, and I agree with you. Actually, I believe I was talking to uh, Giannis about that, and mm-hmm. we're talking about the upcoming transfer window. And Fulham definitely need uh, another striker. They they mm-hmm. need something different than Mitrovic. A different type of striker. And I agree with that. that. Yeah, look
2: at look at Potter. They got thumped at the weekend by Leicester. Looked awful. Yep. He wasn't. He made six changes, whatever it was. Look, and you know, another day he would have got. So sometimes you just have to you have to be brave, like you've said, and just make yeah. make a couple changes. So overall, you know, we've got to take the point, the clean sheet, and you move on to Newcastle, which will be a, a different game. It'll be another you know a different game, different formation. Now, so I, don't be surprised that Parker might make a couple couple changes on Sunday or Saturday whenever we
1: play them. Okay, we were just talking about. Substitutions. So I'm going to go back to you because I know that Alec has already talked about this. Mm. What were your thoughts on the substitutions, and then, and, and then of course, uh, let's talk about the timing of the metro. What are your thoughts overall on how Parker used them?
2: Um, yeah, Kamara coming on again. I think everyone was surprised when he came on a couple games ago. Um, instead of Mitrovic, and uh, I'm surprised he came on. So he offered very little. I, I like Kamari He's he's matured as a player the last couple of seasons, but in, is he going to be a game changer for you? Not probably not, to be honest. When you've got potential game changer on the bench, even though he may not be 100 percent fit, put him on. I've seen some comments on there about you know Mitrovic. Is he still fit? Because he was had all these bands around his. His ankles, I saw when he was just when he was warming up before he came on. But overall, be brave, you know. Put put Mitrovic on. You know, this this could have been, like you said, Alec, an opportunity for him yeah. to play against a bottom team to rough it up a bit, and he did cause some problems. But he
1: absolutely I, did. It's a great didn't point. Give enough,
2: didn't give him did give him enough time. I, I would have, I would have brought him on, you know, on the hour and see what he can do to to upset the defense and maybe give us half an hour. Of opportunity to try to break that defense down, but overall, Brighton defended well as did we. So it's uh, a yeah. we cancelled each other out. It's just one yeah, of those exactly um, typical nil-nil draws too average to poor teams. And you know, there's a lot lot of takeaways positively, either clean sheets and yes. Overall, there's still there's still still room for improvement. So it's just game take a game at a time. But we've got to start. We've got to get another striker in the transfer window. Totally I agree. This match
1: shows it to you, in, in several matches. This one mm. really showed it to you, Alec. Going back to you, you've already talked about Mitro, and we've talked a little bit about Kamara. But going back to what are your thoughts about bringing Lamino on? Do you think that made a difference the way Lame- that way that uh, Emilio just said?
0: I think Lamino was actually one of the one of the good one one of the more solid changes that we made. I think mm-hmm. just Harrison Reed just he just looked tired out, fatigued, um, and Lamino just restored a little bit of law and order in the middle of the park there. And I think he was a good change there. I think. AK-47 was not <laughs> a good move, I think. No, I agree. First of all, I just personally don't rate him as a player, but especially on, as in, the, in that right wing-back position, you know, he, his his control of the ball, he can't trap a bag of cement, quite honestly. Um, so he, I think he's not very good at dribbling down, dribbling down the right-hand side. I don't rate his crossing abilities, and I much, much less rate his... Uh, his uh, tracking back, uh, his tracking back, and his defensive mindedness. So I think that was, I think that was a very, I think that was a completely wrong move. I think, I think Scott Parker was panicking maybe at that point. He just wanted to, res- you know, restore the restore the physical balance in our favor, but just didn't really pay off. I think he, I think he didn't do. I just think he was pretty ineffective. And actually, at worst, it could have been quite risky because, I, as I as I mentioned, he's not that defensively conscious. So I think, I think that was just a risk, risky and risky and ineffective ineffective decision to bring him on quite honestly okay very
1: good all right coming up we're going to just get a little analysis on the first half and the second half and then we're going to ask who was man of the match and was var man of the match we'll talk about that
0: (laughs) You had to know that when Wingstop set out to make a crispy, juicy chicken sandwich, they wouldn't make it in just one flavor. They'd make it in all 12. Like lemon pepper, mango habanero, hickory smoked barbecue, and OG hot. So why have one new favorite chicken sandwich when you can have 12? Try the new sauced and tossed Wingstop chicken sandwich today for only $5.49 at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Valid for a limited time and available at participating Wingstop locations only while supplies last. Price subject to applicable taxes and fees.
1: At Marshall's, our buyers hustle every day for the brands you love. Hello? They can calculate the quality-to-cost ratio simply by touch. Ooh, silk. They can hear the difference between an Italian suede handbag and an Italian leather one. Yeah. But most importantly, they know a good deal when they hear one. That sounds like a good deal. We'll take them all. Visit Marshall's and take home more for your money. More brands, quality, trends. More of the good stuff. We get the deals. You get the good stuff. Marshalls. okay guys we're back emilio quickly give me your just overall thoughts of the first half and what were you thinking at halftime when it was nil nil and like you've already mentioned and alec mentioned the teams canceled each other out were you thinking okay we can kick on the second half we just got through the first half or were you thinking uh uh-oh it's what i thought it was going to be
2: yeah, I thought that, you know, again, you know, there was very little to recollect from that first half. It was very poor, you know, but long, let's forget that first half. It was very much go to the dressing rooms, kick up the backside and go out mm-hmm. a lot of pressure. But you know, obviously, the, the Brighton players responded a lot, lot better than we did. You know, they came out at us right from the off. You know, they they seemed like they were the home team, didn't they? The exactly,
1: time. exactly.
2: That first 15 minutes, they looked, they were passing the ball neatly. Again, as I think I mentioned earlier, I think, Two, six games seven games ago we would have we would have been 2-0 down it after 60 65 minutes but we hung on we dug deep we defended well we rode our luck that wasn't happening you know back in September time when we lost to Villa in particular I I remember that that awful game so we have come a long way but again we, we Thanks to you know Fulham and you know our defense did they, did their job. We defended well. We we made it difficult for Brighton, albeit they were creating chances, but we didn't succumb to that pressure, and that was a positive. But yes. overall, that first half nothing. There was nothing there to to remember of note. And second half, it was that fifteen twenty minute spell that we really had to hang ha- hang in there, and, and we did our job. Let's be honest, we kept oh. that clean sheet. Where to look at it. Absolutely. Commentators kept saying, whilst it's nil nil, you've still got a chance. You know, Fulham had to right. offer very little. But at that point, we were still in the game. That the game was there to be taken. That's why I thought Mit- it was time for Mitrovic to maybe to come on and just change it a little bit. But it was it was a light, for t- typically a light for light change. Yep. So we didn't have any new, you know any fresh impetus there, which is what well, maybe it was a little bit disappointing. I think the game was there for the taking. Be brave, like you said, Alec. Yep.
1: yep, It's a good point by Alec. Alec, what were you thinking in
0: halftime? I I so I think in the first half. I mean, if you saw if you saw the formations before the start of the game, and we we. We and Brighton lined up with the exact same formations, the three-four-two-one, and, exactly. uh, and ultimately Emilio is is completely right. They, the the formations cancelled each other out. Exactly. However, in the set, you know, so, so there wasn't really much to make of the first half. No one really, no no side really had the better of each of, of the of the other. Mm. I think in the second half, as I mentioned, the fatigue started to set in, and you really noticed that when you have three when you have three defenders at the back, the wing backs become become the real contest in the game that's where the game is won mm-hmm. and Brighton really overran us in on the in the wing back positions we had Brighton. nothing going forward and we had nothing nothing really at the back there Brighton were getting in cross after cross really putting our defense under our defense and areola under a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and so and so I think it really came down to our central defenders especially Anderson to to step up to the plate there and I think he did an excellent job and mm-hmm. when he didn't Ariola did an excellent job keeping it out, and when he didn't, it was VAR or the crossbar. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we had a we, uh, that's a sort not maybe the most solid plan to follow going forward for the rest of the season. But and that's that would be how the how I would sum mm-hmm. up the second half, really.
1: Okay, very good. All right, now let's talk about the second half, and uh, we're going to talk about the opening stages of the second half, Alec. And you've already really touched on how Brighton came out. You know, again, I'm I'm, I'm looking at cross. After cross, corner after corner. And then you have some great saves by Areola. And then, of course, we have the moment. And let's stop here. Let's talk about the moment. Before, before we talk about hitting the crossbar, we have to talk about the situation where, well, Lana, you know, again, at the time, I thought he scored. But mm-hmm. I'm going to ask the question to you, Alec. Did VAR save Fulham in this match?
0: Yes. Uh, I quite honestly did. No, I didn't really see why they pulled it off for VAR in the first place. I thought maybe offside was Lallana interfering. Was with – Yeah, was he interfering with play? No, it was the handball. And I, I tell you, I don't, I did not catch it. I actually think that they pulled up the VAR because of because they thought it was offside originally. Yeah, I don't think that's what I thought. It's part of the, uh, the handball. So I've, I, I think we were. Incredibly fortunate to get to get away with that, and uh, and you know if this was last season, we would that would have been a goal. I, I cannot see the referee having pulled that up without VAR. So mm-hmm. I agree with that assessment that VAR is definitely a solid contender for the man of the match. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Emilio, well, over to you. I want to get your thoughts on this because again, great point by Alec. Uh, if this was last season, that mm. goal would have counted. So again, it's funny because I watched it back and I thought initially, like Alec said. That it was for they were looking at offside, but it was really for handball. Mm. So when you saw, what, what were mm. you thinking about that?
2: Yeah, I, yeah again, I, I, I thought you know pressure was mounting at the time. It was inevitable that Brian was going to score. It they looked like they looked dangerous, and we thought the goal was forthcoming. I thought, and you I, know, I, it was kinda, <clears throat> I, I agree with Alex's point. It's we thought it was the offside, but was only through watching for an offside decision what, was it they noticed there was a handball involved there as well. So we were a little fortuitous, but some of these things even themselves out at the end of the day, right? Saturday, you know, would Some of these penalty incidents that we've seen in, in recent games would they have, would they have come across in the, in the championship? Probably not. You know the, the Sunday's decisions that went up, didn't go our way, both on both circumstances. You know, I think VAR will even itself out over the course of a season. So some decisions you go your way, so others don't go your way. Look at the West Ham game; that was offside decision didn't go our way, or we, there was no VAR replay, or they ruled it out. So it's you know, you're going to get some go your way in your way, and some will go against you. So in the, the day, the VAR oh, yeah. reason you love it or hate it, it's there to supposedly make it fair across the board. And you know, normally they make the right decisions, but there will be some controversial decisions. But for me, it was a right decision. So, and also Lukman's potential VAR issue, you know, with the with a the foul. There, I thought that was a right decision as well. So, I think they both VAR did get man of the match because it it gave both decisions
1: correct. And that's a great point. And Alec, we talked about this off air, and and Emilio's already made it clear that he believes that the right call was made on Fulham potentially getting a penalty. It sounds like you agree.
0: Well, off air, I'll say one thing, but on air, I'll always say the Fulham should have got the penalty quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't, you know, I, to, I think it was a tough one. There was a mm-hmm. change in direction of the ball, of, of the ball motion. Yes. I will give that, although it was a very clumsy, clumsy challenge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I do think about the other VAR decisions, like Amelia rightly pointed out, like if I, if I think about the other VAR decisions that have sort of gone against us, I really didn't think that Liverpool deserved a penalty off, of the mm-hmm. handball. I, I don't, I didn't, I think he would, I think he. the defender was covering his face. I, yeah. I think, you know, I don't think that that should be counted as a, that should be regarded as a penalty. Um, I would say, it's, I would say it's quite. it was a questionable call, but in, you know, looking at the game as a whole, I think it was a fair result. So, Probably I'm not, uh, I'm not, I don't have a huge grievance against the fact that uh, we didn't get a penalty there.
1: Okay. All right. Before we talk about man of the match, I want to talk about some key moments later on in the match. And Emilio, uh, I want to get your thoughts on the two really good opportunities from Fulham. You know, you have one from Ruben Loftus Cheek. Mm. And I feel he needs to do better, but there was pressure on him because uh, the Brighton defenders were right on top of him at the end. And then, of course, you have the opportunity from uh, Lookman at the very end, near the very end of the match. So, mm. what are your thoughts about Fulham's opportunities? You know, again, um, mm. it's probably a fair result, like you said, nil nil. But Fulham actually had two decent opportunities in the second half.
2: Yeah, I think Loftus cheek. You know, there I think it was fortuitous in the sense that Webster, I think, it was Webster slipped, he, and then it was literally. Loftus cheek going towards goal and probably that summed up his performance. To be honest, he's, we, we've not mentioned him really tonight, and you know, no. I've seen a few comments popping up. And uh, I've seen he was, he, he was poor, he was poor again tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, the commentators kept saying he's getting more game time, he's getting back to his best. Well, that's back to his best, and clearly we haven't. He we <laughs> he's maybe more overrated than people thought. I think he's still got a long way to get to to full fitness, mm-hmm. and the play. we all remember him from two or three seasons ago. So. I- a fitter Ro- Loftus Cheek would have buried that goal two seasons ago. So that's the difference for me. He was he was passive. He was slow. No confidence there as well, and he made the keeper look good to be honest because his shot was quite directly at the keeper, very poor. So anybody else that probably would have been one nil. So um, so yeah, Loftus Cheek, another disappointing performance tonight. So let's see if Parker has the courage to maybe rest him and probably bringing Tom on, on against Newcastle. We'll see. Okay, very good. People on this on this, listening to the show now. will We'll probably want to see Tom Kearney
1: start on, on Saturday against Newcastle. I know someone in yeah. Spain that would like to see Tom Kearney play. Exactly. So I, I get that. I understand that. And, and uh, my friend Chris has uh, points, certainly after this match. Okay, Alec, yeah. thoughts on the Lookman opportunity? Actually, it was two opportunities at the very end.
0: At the very, oh, at the very, I, I just, I, I actually think Lookman did better than better than, you know, some people would have given him credit for. I think. He set up the chance completely himself it was a good yep. give and, it was a good give and go running into the box it was a very tight angle and he did manage to pull it across the keeper yep. and I think he forced a decent save out of the keeper. Some will say that there was not enough power on the shoulder or it wasn't you know wide uh, far enough from the keeper, but it was a very tight angle so I think he did the best he could with yep. with what he had I think that doesn't you know I, I think that doesn't compare with the loftest cheek chance earlier no, where I think the cheek really blew it himself yes, great The second touch. Um, but all in yeah. all, I don't, look I, look I don't, bl- I it. don't, I don't blame,
2: I don't Lukman too much there. Okay. The header from Mitrovic, the build-up play for that, for that Lukman chance. Yeah. I agree with you, Lukman. You know, it was, it was like a half chance, but he made it a better chance than it could have yes. been. And, yeah. You know, and but that nice little header from Mitrovic over to him. And it just there was good, good passage of play in the lead-up to that chance. Yep. You know? And I didn't expect Lukman to get a good shot on target. If you actually look at the replay, the goalkeeper actually made a good save. Yeah.
1: Yep, no good point there, guys. Okay, let's end with man of the match. I'll go to you first, Emilio. Who's your man of the match? And if you're watching live, feel free to share your thoughts on the full man of the match.
2: You get some games where it's you know you get one or two, three, opportun- three opportunities. three options. It was for me, it was hands down Anderson, even before the uh, the commentators awarded it to him today. So it, yeah, it they just, were doing he, that. He led from the back. You know, he. I like the way he talks to his players; gives them confidence carries the ball out of defense. Out of He's day. a leader he looks, out there. He looks like an international player. He looks like a leader on the pitch. Yep. Interesting, mm. If Tom comes back, who's, got, who's going to get the captain's armband? Will Will Anderson retain it? Question mark. I don't know. That's a great question. Chris Davidson, you know, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> should Tom Kearney start? And if he does start, should he, re, should he
1: regain the captaincy? Yes or no? Yeah. Luke Walsh agrees with you, mm. Anderson, 100%. And uh, let's see, I'm going to share another one. This is my friend Bradford, Captain Anderson. Okay, and then, of course, this is my friend who's actually a Patriots fan and a Liverpool fan. Mm. He says, it sounds like VAR was man of the match. Well, we can make an argument for that, right, Alec? Yeah. So yeah. Who was your full man of the match? I know who it is because you told us off air.
0: Well, I said Anderson, but you know I will also. I do want to give a good shout out to Ariola, since we've already mentioned Anderson. Ariola was fantastic as always today. I wouldn't even see that say that this was one of his standout performances, but once again, he has he has been he's been a solid wall. Yeah, it? absolutely. From mm-hmm. two posts, so I was very I was again very impressed with him and very impressed with Anderson and how they commanded the box today. Um, so maybe maybe we can give them a joint give them a joint prize, but. Seems like, seems like the fans, seems like the fans are all going for Anderson. So I should stick with my original choice.
1: <laughs> okay, very good. Hey, Steve Luger, I'm not going to share your comment, but I know you think it's Ariel. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, <laughs> but uh, very good, great stuff, guys. And listen, you know, before we go, I, I just want to get your final thoughts as we head into the Newcastle match. We won't be doing a Cottage Talk post match up because. We're going to be doing a, a preview of the upcoming match against um, Newcastle, so uh, we're just going to go right into it. It's been show after show, guys. But Emilio, over to you. Final thoughts.
2: Um, well, I think let's let's look. Let's take positives. You know, when's the last goal that we conceded from open play? It was Man City. So we played half a game of Man City without conceding from open play. A whole game against Liverpool without conceding. A clean sheet against Brighton. So takeaways there is. We're, strength, we're continuing to strengthen in defence. We're picking up points. We're giving teams a run for their money. If we are not, if we don't get any injuries from tonight, then I think there's, you know, it's not the end of the world. A point's a point. We've still got, what, 20, 25, 26 games to go. So still enough games there to recover at the situation. We've still got to find seven more wins from the remaining matches, at least. If we get seven more wins, then we've, we've got a chance of staying up minimum. But, but yeah, the, that I expected today to be one of those. But shame it's come three days after the Liverpool game. I was saying that before. Before the game to okay. you, if, if this was weeks away from the Liverpool game, maybe we would have had more chance. That was so close. Maybe that, that actually favored Brighton, and they responded by making those changes and and looking slightly better team tonight.
1: Well, it's funny because the prediction from Giannis last night was a draw, and he said that many fans wouldn't be happy with him. Well, he ended up getting it right. You actually said this to me. Like I said, you messaged me, you guys ended up being right on that. And he's looking forward to the Newcastle match. He thinks that's a better opportunity for Fulham. He mm. said this last night than this match. Emilio, yeah. you know, your thoughts? Because he thinks we match up better against Newcastle United.
2: Yeah, I think the teams would give us a bit more space and freedom. Like I said earlier, I think suits full and better. You know, teams would get at us like Brighton did. You know, they obviously great. That's why I applaud Graven Potter. He made the, the right decisions, the they right did. changes, and he, he gave us no breathing space. And, you know, that's. But the encouraging thing is we didn't play well. We were under 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 the cost, yet we still kept a clean sheet. So yep. that's surely that's a positive.
1: Absolutely. And listen, there are positives to take out of this in, in a draw. You know? And mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're talking about this because it's easy to focus on what they did wrong. And uh, I complain about that and the way the media treats my teams here. But you know what? We've criticized them, but we can also look at the positives to come out of this. Over to you, Alec. What do you take away from this match and we kind of got that but what what are your final thoughts when we look forward to Newcastle? So we I think we already spent a bit of time discussing the defense. I think you know I, so I'm going to go
0: move on to the attacking side. I think we need Brighton Brighton are going to be a similar side to Newcastle. We in my opinion, we need some Mitrović up up front. So let's bring in Mitrović. Let's get in Tom Canny um, and really kind of cut them wide open. They're not they're gonna be a similar side to Brighton, they're not gonna be a side like Liverpool. we should we should come out of the starting box aggressive with the strong formation and with some intensity in the box. I yep. want we want we want some whether it's a little bit of Route one football, that's this is the premiership. This is not this is not La Liga, this is the premiership. We need to we need to be a little bit more brave and a little bit play with a little bit more brute force, I think. So let's start Mitro up front, let's start Tom Kearney as well. Let's keep the defense the same because I'm quite liking the way that's been going. Um, those, so those are my final thoughts, I think, heading into the weekend.
1: Okay. Well, my friend asked the question. You've already given the answer. Should Mitro get a start? Alex says yes. yes. Emilio, do you agree? I think so. I think we have to you know, change
2: it a little bit. You know, he got to, what, 20, 20-odd minutes today, so hopefully he'll be say less than that, right? You know, so uh, maybe it was
0: not even 15, I think. Yeah, it was
2: so – At the end of the day, I think – it all depends on his health how fit and and energetic he is i'm not, i'm not sure he will necessarily start if he's not 100% fit to be honest i think it's a risk to play him from from the off if he's not 100% fit so let's, okay. let's let let the coaches staff and management make that decision I'd, I'd like to see maybe a slight change up there and against newcastle you know let's rough it up a little bit but yeah it all depends how fit he is or not
1: okay and my friend chris just said Mitro played for 13, 13 minutes. minutes okay yep. <laughs> Wow, that and again, this goes back to what Alex said. Is that enough time? Even if he's not fully fit, Emilio? Mm. I don't think that's enough time to have an impact yeah. on the match. But yeah. he did. But what if you brought him on thirty minutes to go?
2: Yeah, that's instead of AK. AK should have come on. To be honest, should, I would have brought him straight away. And you saw that's, the difference he made, the quality there. Yeah, yeah. So, I'd rather,
0: I'd uh, rather not, play ten men than have AK on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you made it clear on on your thoughts on him. All right. Well, listen, great show, guys, but we do have to wrap this up. For Emilio Donnell and Alec Coben, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk.
2: Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over
0: $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So I used the savings from switching to Progressive 30 years ago to buy tickets to the championship game. You know, between those two teams that didn't exist 30 years ago. Yeah, I'm a big Alaska Palm Trees fan. Which is a team now, in the future, so switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary.
1: It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag.
0: Say hello to Quince.